Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie, a.k.a. Jewels. Happy International Women's Day. It was this week. I'm actually uploading this podcast at the end of the day. So if you're hearing it, it's past. I was invited this year to take over the Twitter feed of J.P. Castlin. Who is J.P. Castlin, you might ask? He is a strategist. Some might say a strategy iconoclast. He is a published author. You can find him on stage, on TV, newspapers. He's written a lot of columns. JP first came to my attention years ago when there was a whole brouhaha about a joke that my daughter Catherine made on the iconic Mock the Week program. And of course, people took the joke completely out of context. She was, you know, if, I'm sure if you're listening to me, you know of Catherine's comedy. Surely you're a fan. Otherwise, how did you even hear about who I am? She made a joke about the hypocrisy of corporations. I won't get into the specifics of the joke, because if I try to explain it, it will fall flat. I, unlike my daughter, am not a comedian. I was fairly new to Twitter at the time, and Catherine was actually getting death and rape threats, which, happy International Women's Day, that's what happens when you're a woman with a voice in the public eye. So she was getting the regular, you know, death and rape threats on all the social media platforms over a joke that people clearly misunderstood. And I stumbled upon an article that JP had written, not just defending her, but just explaining. I, I can't even explain it. And I actually, and it was just defending the joke, defending her, defending women's right to exist and have a public voice without having their lives and physical well-being threatened. I actually looked for it again, and I wasn't able to find it. But it was just written so very concisely and articulately, and I was so impressed. Anyway, I started following him. For some reason, he follows me. I mean, I'm just an average old woman. So sometimes when when someone as accomplished as J.P., offers me the privilege to take over his Twitter feed, I'm kind of surprised and a little bit worried that I'm going to tweet something that he'll regret letting me do it. Anyway, I just want to say I'm not active on Twitter that much, but I really appreciate JP giving me the opportunity. So I hope my tweets aren't too embarrassing to him or to my children for that matter. I don't like to be a downer. But let's be honest, my privilege as a white woman living in Canada is definitely not lost on me. So yes, I like to make jokes, and I share my own life stories in this podcast. And I've been told that women all over the world have equal rights, always have had equal rights. We are just weak. We won't do the hard jobs. And for us to claim that we don't have equal rights is just perpetuating a false political narrative. Try telling the women and girls in Iran that. 
Try telling the women and girls who aren't allowed to get an education in Afghanistan that. And those aren't the only countries. A friend of one of my boyfriends from years ago who has lived all over the world said his favorite country was Iran. And this was in the 70s. If you look, you can find pictures from Iran and Afghanistan where women are in public, not necessarily with a male relative, and not necessarily with their faces and hair covered. You can find pictures from back then depicting relative freedom. I read an interview with Margaret Atwood where she said everything in The Handmaid's Tale had been taken from true events that happened somewhere at some point in history. And she never imagined when she wrote that book that there was any risk of of us going there again. And I know that I'd like to think we're safe from fundamentalist oppression, but just think about it. Are restrictions of women's reproductive rights, books being banned, efforts to push Christian teachings in public schools just the start? They could be. There's a reason we need separation of church and state. Because the church, by definition, generally subjugates women depending on how extreme you get into the church. Women in some countries are no more than slaves. And I don't understand why any man would want that for his wife. Do you want your wife to love you? If, if she's your slave, she isn't going to. And why would you want that for your daughters? I just think we need to not take these things for granted because I think the risk is real. I've been in the workforce full-time since 1978, and things really have changed but we could still do better. And I know that there are men who interpret a celebration of women as somehow not caring about men, and that's absolutely not true. I love men. Every woman I know loves at least some men. It's just not always obvious to us which ones are dangerous. And because, for the most part, you're physically bigger than we are and physically stronger, we have to think about our safety all the time, and it just becomes a normal part of our lives. In fact, I just last week took the subway home. It wasn't very late. I think I got home by 9, so it was 9 p.m. It was before 9 p.m. on a Thursday. I got on. I sat down. Seconds later, two guys come along. One of them sits right beside me. The other one sits in a seat nearby, but they are arguing. And I don't know really what's going on. I was kind of looking at my phone. But it wasn't something that stopped immediately. So I hear the guy saying, am I bleeding? Am I fucking bleeding? This is the guy beside me to the other guy. And the guy just, you could tell that the other guy was very uncomfortable. The one sitting beside me was the aggressor. He would have been in his 20s, kind of gingery hair, a gingery beard, and he had a cast on his hand. I didn't notice it right away. But he's saying to this guy, am I bleeding, you fucking pussy? And I'm going, ugh, okay. But I was on the inside seat, so I would have had to ask the aggressive guy to get up for me to move. So I just stayed put and thought, okay, maybe this will go away. But then he says to me, am I bleeding? And I looked at him squarely in the face. And he looked at me and I thought, his expression was not 
It was anxiety and anger and trepidation kind of all mixed up. And he was young, you know, like younger than my own children. They're all in their 30s. And I looked at him and I I made eye contact with him because I didn't want him to think that I was afraid or that he was making me nervous. But also, I felt that maybe if I engaged with him, he'd stop picking on this other dude. So I looked him squarely in the face and I said to him, no, you're not bleeding. You mean in your face? Yeah, my bleeding is my face bleeding anywhere. And I went, no, your face looks great. You're not bleeding. And I was kind of nice and upbeat. And he goes, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that'll be the end of it. But no, it wasn't the end of it. He keeps on with this guy. He's like, you want to fight? You want to fight? I'm a hockey player, man. I I can take you. And then he pounds his cast on the chair. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God. And the other guy was kind of going, I couldn't even make out what the other guy was saying. He was just sort of going, hey, no, no, I don't want to fight. And he's like, oh, you're a pussy. You don't want to fight. And so I turned to the guy and I said, excuse me, please don't fight. And he looked at me, and, and, and his tone calmed right down, and he said, don't worry, ma'am, I'm not going to fight. But this guy's a fucking pussy. And I said, please don't fight. And then he goes, yeah, you're a fucking pussy. He turns back to him. But then I said to him, and I kind of patted his arm, and I said, please promise me you're not going to fight. I'm not. I'm not going to fight. So it was this strange thing. He kept turning to me, assuring me he wasn't going to fight. And it would be like this momentary de-escalation in his tone. And then he'd immediately turn around and keep hassling this other guy like he was being definitely the instigator. And then he says to the guy, see, you're upsetting this lady over here. And I just said, no, no, I just want to know that no one's going to fight. Because I didn't want the other guy to think that it was him. Well, surely he didn't think it. But Sometimes we're not self-aware. The guy beside me obviously didn't think that he was the one being the problem, and he was totally the problem. And then this other man kind of across the aisle looked at me like, do you want to sit here? And the only reason I didn't move was I didn't want to get up and make a point of moving because sometimes that can escalate the anger because now this guy is like, oh, yeah? Yeah, you don't want to sit beside me, but you'll sit beside that fucking guy. Like, just just because of the way he was. So our home is between two stops. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get out at the soonest stop. So I asked the guy to move, and I said, this is my stop. And I got, I got up to leave. The subway stops, and he comes out after me. Like, he wasn't after me. But he, ha- I noticed that he got up and followed me out. And I thought, oh, shit, is this really his stop or is he going to now follow me? Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't think he had any ulterior motive with me. One of the beautiful things about being my age, and I know that age isn't a guarantee, but I think when you're old, you do become somewhat invisible to men. And it is a bit of a protection. It kind of hurts my feelings that I'm invisible. But on the other hand, it's protection because I know they're not interested in me. And I knew that this young guy definitely viewed me more as a motherly or grandmotherly figure or something like that. 
But anyway, I just kind of walked along as though I didn't notice that he got off at the same stop. And he walked right up to me and said, Do my eyes look okay? And he almost sounded, he didn't just sound angry, he sounded definitely upset. So I looked him again straight in the eye and I said, Look at me. And he looked at me and opened his eyes and I said, Your eyes look perfect. You look great. And he said, So I'm not bleeding. And I went, No, you're not bleeding at all. And I said, And your eyes look great. You just seem a little upset. I am upset, he said. Well, I hope the rest of your night goes better. And I'm glad you didn't fight. And I don't know. I'm sure he was high. But I'm also not sure what happened before he came into my moment in life. I don't know what happened. Maybe the other guy accidentally banged against him or something. But you know, sometimes when these young guys are in that state of mind, they don't view it as an accident and they take offense. But then we were walking toward the stairs and he said to me, thank you. Thank you for being nice to me. I love you. And then I went my way and he went his I do have to say, the whole time I walked to my house from the subway station, I thought, oh boy, I hope he just went home. And I think, yeah, but it was unnerving. And what does that have to do with Women's Day? There's a very tiny, small example of the kind of thing that women have to worry about as they just go about their daily lives, getting to and from wherever they're going. Now, you could also argue that the guy who was on the receiving end of this had to worry about it as well, and that's true. But certainly physically, we are not on equal footing. Definitely not on equal footing. And I'm glad nothing came of it. So anyway, happy International Women's Day. We've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And we really need men to be well so we can all feel safe. We're not anti-man. We all share the world. And here's where I recommend the Man Enough podcast and anything Jackson Katz says or writes. One of the other things I've been told is women have never invented anything. Men invented everything. Well, men did invent a lot of things. But there are a lot of scientific inventions and discoveries that were made by women or certainly where women had a significant contribution and they weren't given the credit. Okay, we have been historically pretty busy having and raising children and doing most of the free labor so the dads can invent things, not that most of them even invented anything. Another good reason for education and reproductive choice. Did you know that Hedy Lamarr, I mean, if you're really, really young, you may never have heard of her. She was a very, very beautiful, famous actress. And she was not just a gorgeous actor. She was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame for the development of her frequency-hopping technology. She has been referred to as the mother of Wi-Fi and other wireless communications like GPS and Bluetooth, and she was born in something like 1914 and died in 2000. So yeah, we can do it if we have the opportunities. She's smarter than I am, though. And then there are those people who say, women aren't funny. Come on. Funny is subjective. But because that's subjective, 
you should just keep that to yourself. I don't go around calling out men who I don't think are funny. And I'm not so full of myself that I would expect them to want my unsolicited opinion. I think a lot of women are hilarious, and a lot of women would be more hilarious if they weren't so busy looking after everyone, trying to stay thin enough, and trying to look good enough to meet the impossibly high standards of the world. My humor can be a bit dark and dry. You know, I will say something that I think is hilarious, but people don't get me, so maybe that means I'm not funny to them, but the people who know me and love me actually do think I'm funny. I remember saying to a friend, well, the people I work with think I'm funny, and the response was, well, that's because they work in IT. When I was young, dumb blonde jokes were all the rage, and I could laugh at dumb blonde jokes, like, what do you call an intelligent blonde? A golden retriever? I get it. As a blonde young woman, was I offended? No. Because at the time, I completely accepted that that's what society was like. I used to sometimes turn it around. For example, I can remember saying to people with a completely straight face, Look, I know that everyone thinks the well-endowed blonde in the room is the most intelligent, but that's not always the case. And people would just look at me, confused. I think that was pretty funny, but not everyone else thought it was funny. So yeah, funny is subjective. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. People will say that women are not good leaders. I've had a lot of managers and leaders, men and women, and I cannot say that the men have been consistently better. I have one friend who I very affectionately call the Terminator. I think she's a fantastic leader. She recently changed companies, and she was telling me just a couple of weeks ago that someone who worked for her at her previous company said, wow, wow, you have the biggest balls of anyone I've ever worked for. This was a male employee. And I laughed and said to her, well, you know, I think it was Betty White who said that balls should not be a metaphor for strength, because balls are actually very delicate. Do you know what's strong? A vagina. That thing can take a beating. And I'm not sure that that came from Betty White, but I'm pretty sure that's where I first saw it. So yeah, that makes sense. So instead of saying grow some balls, maybe we should say grow a vag. But the reason I call her the Terminator is because she has the vaginal fortitude to terminate people who aren't doing their work. It might sound mean to you that she will terminate people, but we've all worked with people who do not carry their weight. We've worked with people who will actually make an effort to get out of doing work, who will undermine other people, who don't care at all about making mistakes, who just don't care. If someone genuinely is trying to do a good job and they work hard at it, they're going to be fine. 
But when someone won't do a good job and they think they can get away with it, you appreciate having a manager like the Terminator. Because these people who manage to get paid the same as you do and swirl around accomplishing nothing deliberately completely bring morale down. You don't want that. You want a manager who will take the steps, and it's not easy. You have to document what they're doing. You have to document what you've tried to do to help them improve. And it's not about making mistakes, because we all make mistakes, and I've, I make lots of mistakes, and I've never had a manager even hint that I would be terminated for mistakes, because I own up to them, and I fix them, and I try to do better. So you're not going to get terminated for that. And certainly with the Canadian labor laws, it's somewhat difficult if you work for a large-ish company or maybe any company to terminate someone. So you have to make sure that you have cause documented. If you have an HR department, you have to make sure that you've documented everything you've done to try and improve the poor performance. But my friend, the Terminator, is not afraid to do that. She does it. She documents. And if they still won't do the work and cooperate, they're out. And everyone applauds because those people are sucking the morale out of the whole department. She did tell me about one situation where this person really wasn't doing well. But when she met with the person and went through the whole process of trying to improve things, it became apparent that the position was not a good fit, and so she worked with other managers to make arrangements for this person to have another position where the person ended up thriving. So she did everyone a favor in the end. I, I think she's the only manager I've known who consistently makes the effort to make those changes. So hats off to her. Although I think it's unfair for society to expect ridiculous beauty standards for women, and I'm very concerned about the resurgence of heroin chic, because the only time I ever thought I was at an ideal weight was after not being able to eat for six months. If you have to not eat for six months, that is not your ideal weight. So, ugh. However... We also shouldn't be criticized for appreciating beautiful clothes and fashion and trying to look nice. Catherine lately has been doing some jobs with some absolutely stunning looks. I don't know what she's doing. It's a secret. No, she hasn't even told me. Okay, Catherine's starting out beautiful, so that helps. She looks beautiful without makeup. I do not, but I still think that if I had Catherine's team and a fabulous photographer, I could get a fabulous shot, you know, just something for me to look at and go, yeah, I can look like that. I just would like to have that done sometime. No shade to Tim Lays. He is the photographer who's done most of my headshots over the years, but of course, Tim says, oh, bring some clothes, but, you know, I don't have Jen styling me. I have to bring my own clothes, which is very challenging because I don't think I look good in anything. So if I have to pick the clothes, how do I even decide? It's a problem. And then when I do bring stuff, he often says it looks too cute, which I don't even know what that means. Also, I'm not a shopper. I 
never, never try anything on in a store if I buy clothing and I haven't bought clothing in a long time because I'm not going to the office anymore. I have a closet full of things that I hardly ever wear. I still own clothes that I bought when Catherine was a baby, and I like them, and I will wear them, but now that I'm not going to the office, I don't really need clothing, so I'm not out shopping for clothes. And even if I were, I don't try anything on because if I put something on and I look in the mirror with it on me, I'm not going to like it, and that's, that's just how my mind works. I have another friend who needs a new bathing suit, and she said she went and tried on bathing suits. She's a lovely, slim woman. She looked in the mirror, and she hated all the bathing suits on her. And I said to her, just buy it online. If, if I, the mirrors in the store are terrible, aren't they trying to sell clothing? The lighting is horrific. Well, depending on where you're shopping, you probably look worse in that store mirror than you do at home. But in addition to the clothes, I do have a makeup artist slash hairstylist there. But they don't do that much, not like Fiona does for Catherine. Probably because, number one, they're not as skilled as Fiona. But number two, a headshot is supposed to be a good-looking version of you. You can't walk into a casting and be unrecognizable from your headshot, which if I had Fiona and Jen have a go at me, I would be unrecognizable. But I want to be unrecognizable. I just would really love one photo shoot where I am completely done up by Jen and Fiona, wigs the whole nine yards because my own hair isn't going to cut it. And I know I'm 63 Maybe it's too late for me to be completely transformed into a look that I would actually like. I don't know. I also don't think I could relax enough to get some decent shots, even from a really, really good photographer, even after the transformation, because I'm so self-conscious in front of a camera. I think it would be nice to just have one before I'm dead. I had photos taken of the girls, of Catherine and Joanne, actually, because I didn't know I was going to have Carrie. Catherine was four, and Joanne was a baby. And I had these pictures done of them, which I loved. And the package included three. I was going to do the two of them together. But my mom, Dorothy, suggested I get one done of myself. I'm like, ma, ma, ma. She said, Julie, you might not think you look good now. But believe me, in 10 years, 20 years, you will think you looked good. So I did it, but I remember the day, first of all, I didn't have a makeup artist. I didn't have a stylist. I just wore some cheap little dress that I had. It was all white. Actually, Joanne wore that dress to prom, one of her proms one year. Yeah, it was cute. Oh, yeah, cute. Tim Lays. He says my clothes are cute. I guess that's a problem. So I had to do my own makeup. I did my own hair. I wore my own dress. I went there. I had the photo shoot. I was so nervous that I had a crashing headache almost to the point of a migraine. I did end up buying one based on which one Dorothy thought was the best. And I don't, I mean, I don't even know where it is now, so I must have thrown it out. But that was supposed to be my shot, as I used to call it, my casket photo. See, Nobody thinks it's funny when I say that. I want a good shot for my casket. Except I'm not having a casket. I'm probably going to be cremated. Except Abe pointed out recently that cremation is environmentally destructive. So I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe put me in a composter. 
Oh, no, that'll attract rats. It's, I don't know. I'm going to have to get Abe to research that. In exciting news, Catherine and Bobby and probably Violet and Fenna are going to come to Canada for two nights only, sometime in April, for an exciting celebration of Bobby. And I know this was supposed to be a surprise, but apparently Catherine blew the surprise. I think it's better not to surprise people. When you have a surprise, you're going along living your life. You don't know the fabulous thing is going to happen. And then you show up and there's a big party or whatever it is that the surprise is. Somebody proposes to you. A faraway relative comes home for a Christmas visit. I just feel as though when you spring something like that on someone as a surprise, you're robbing them of the anticipation of the event. If I know I'm going to see my children, I would like the pleasure of looking forward to seeing them. I'm, I'm having a bad day. Oh, but I'm going to see Catherine in April. Oh, I miss the children so much, but I'm going to hold Fenna in April. I don't know what's going on with Violet, but I'm going to get to see Violet in April. See, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have all these weeks of excitement leading up to the surprise. So I think if you have a choice between a surprise and allowing the surprisee to enjoy the anticipation, for my money, I'll take the anticipation any time. And I almost forgot. I did a voice for a character in a video game, and it's out. They gave me the link. I'll include the link in the podcast. I have no idea what the game is like. I really, I don't play video games. But give it a try. And hopefully, hopefully it's fun. And hopefully my character is decent in the video game. Before I leave you, I just want to say I am so looking forward to spring. This week, we had what is called thunder snow. I had never heard of thunder snow. Apparently, it is a rare phenomenon where you have snowfall with thunder and lightning. And I'll tell you, the thunder was loud and the lightning lit up the sky. Carrie happened to look this up and said it's actually called thunder snow, which none of us knew. You learn something every day. And then she sent a picture of herself. I am thunder snow. I'm not normally an advocate of choosing one's own nickname, but this one makes sense because Carrie is white as snow and she's boom like thunder. I think Thundersnow would be a fabulous superhero. I think she should write a script. I told her I would collaborate on it. And then Abe had the audacity to argue, well, no, we already have Storm. We don't need Thundersnow. Wait, 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 wait. How many male superheroes do we have? I think we have room for one more female superhero. Thundersnow and Storm could collaborate on saving the world. Medical Aesthetics Clinic by Day and Saves Lives After Hours. Thundersnow. Ba-boom! Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I hope you don't have any thundersnow in the next few weeks. I, for one, am looking forward to spring. Have a wonderful week.